the team ends up like saving this world and Superboy is telling the team like, oh, you know, this is bringing back my glory days. Like it's reminding me of my back when I, I used to be on Earth. And Pyro was like, oh, that's funny. Um, you say you're looking for a new direction, but all it sounds to me is that you're looking for the glory days. You just moving backwards. He kind of still stuck. I love meta commentary. Although I do like Crystal. Uh, <laughs> I'm Laura Kenny, but not Laura Kenny the Wolverine. I'm Laura Kenny Talon. Oh, okay. X-Men team. A, a seasoned girl. Yes, with the gray streak <laughs> in her Rogue era. Mm-hmm. You know what? That is so iconic of my girl Rogue. People it I is. naturally call that the Rogue. It is. Like, truly, truly. I've never seen anyone who had, like, a white streak in their hair. Somebody was like, okay, Rogue. It's my girl. Good. It's power. <laughs> it's iconic. How are you? Um, I'm doing well. I celebrated with my little brother earlier this week. He turned 25, which was Yay. like super exciting. I'm watching all of my siblings. Uh, I'm the oldest of five, so I'm watching like all of my siblings like get older, and it's just making me feel a lot older. And it's like, oh my gosh. Luckily, my youngest brother is still very young, so I still feel like I have a child a little bit. But the rest of like just moving on out the nest. It's so it's what I don't know. I'm emotional. That's for no man. (laughs) But other than that, I am fantastic. It's been beautiful. Well, that's not true. It's not been beautiful. It's been beautiful, but it's it's been very muggy outside. It's like nasty. Um, But other than that, it's all good. How are you? I am good. I um, feeling a little better. You know. I just live it. <laughs> I mean, that's all you can do sometimes. You know, you know, I started watching an anime. Oh, okay. Yes, Seven Deadly Sins. <laughs> it's called Seven Deadly Sins. And I have had the time of my life. The time These of my are great. Uh, this one is pretty good. There's a lot more that are really good. If you like this one, I'm going to find some like I'm surprised you didn't like Naruto. Oh my god, that was so boring. Like I was so. Oh my gosh. And like everyone always talk. And so let me tell you about Naruto. Everyone's always talking about. Like, come on, pronunciation. <laughs> they're like, oh, it's so good. It's this. It's good. The fight scenes are so good. Oh my god, I had it planned, and I was like, so when are they gonna start fighting? When are they gonna stop talking? When are they gonna stop just saying? It was one fight that lasted for like six episodes. I was like, this is ridiculous. We could have been past this by now. I was irritated. I don't like yeah, it. I like that's hot. It's not Especially true. when they're doing all these different things in each episode. It's not just like a repeat of another fight scene like old school Dragon Ball Z stuff used to be. But it's it's pretty solid. Especially in you know, it's got its fandom, it's got its people. I am not in that mix. Shout out to them, though. I know the running thing when people do that. I think that's funny. Iconic stuff, you know? Yeah, something. 
Um, all right, y'all, let's go ahead and get into the updates of the week. Not too much going on, but some interesting and maybe fun news for, you know, people our age uh, and who were fans of this back in the day. Jennifer Garner will be returning as Electra in Deadpool 3. And I have to say, that's fun. I'm excited to see her again. Um, people know that I, like, love Electra. She's one of my favorite uh, kind of street-level characters. And I'm not going to lie. Jennifer Garner's Electra is the reason why in, I don't know, I think it was fifth grade, I made these <laughs> side popsicle sticks <laughs> in art class and got like all this extra credit in it. And they were like legit actual size. And it was because of Electra. She's cool. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Return of a queen. Um. I don't have any feelings on it. I'm, I'm like interested to see what Jennifer Garner gives. I don't honestly remember the Electra movie from back in the day. Um, yeah, but not good. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember that much, but I don't like don't remember anything. <laughs> else that. But like, you know, obviously, like the movies of what they were back at those times. We've seen superhero comics and just like by choreography and stuff evolve a lot. So I'm interested to see how she comes back in it and like what she gives. So she tries to give a little something different with it. If she kind of plays up the campiness of it. Someone said to me that they were like that version of Elektra is Marvel's version of Catwoman with Halle Berry, and I was like. Yes, that feels bad. I kind of see. I kind of see what they're trying to go for there. Um, different tones. Um, I see what they're. I see what they were trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but all that aside, both, you know, both, both impactful to the gays. Both queens. <laughs> Two queens. Both queens. We will give it to them. But, you know, I'm, I don't know. This whole this entire movie is, like, obviously banking on a lot of those cameos from the Fox universe coming back. I still feel like it's a Deadpool kills the uh, Fox universe type of situation. But I'm just ready to see which storm they bring back. That'll be very interesting. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be Hallie. I don't think yeah. that it's going to be... Alexandra? Um, Alexandra, no. Yeah, because um, she's gonna pop up in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> she may get the last laugh. That would she's be funny. She's gonna get the last laugh. She told y'all. She told y'all. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do really think it's gonna be Harry and probably Femke. Of course, they're gonna bring out Xavier and Magneto. They will not let Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen like sleep for a day. So, I mean, I also think they're gonna bring back uh, Chris Evans to be Human Torch. I think that, that they. I, but I also don't think this movie is going to be a, be a big cameo fest. I just do think that there will be some cameos, you know, sprinkled through by whichever actor picks up the phone and needs to check. So, mm, I mean, yes, also agree with that. But no, I do kind of still think it's going to be a little cameo fest. I think a lot of the cameos are going to be just like him killing them. Mm. Like, quick, boop, 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 like, oh, there you go. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to be this, like, these pivotal characters. One of them may be a MacGuffin to get him from point A to point B. But like I saw some people being very upset that Electra was returning to this um, because they were like, why are they bringing Jennifer Garner back? And it's like, I think y'all, she's going to be in maybe 10 minutes of this two hour movie. I think I think that's I think it's OK. She's not like about to ruin your Deadpool movie. You know, honestly, watching uh, the one I'm most excited for is Shannon Tatum coming in as Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> That would be funny. 
that is what I really want to see. But you know, it's also making me realize as all of these things get announced and they talk about these people coming back, it is really reminding me that I do not like the Fox movies. <laughs> and like every time i've been seeing a lot of people you know they're like oh famke is going to be in it holly's going to be in it jennifer garner's electra's going to be in it they think jessica alba's invisible woman's going to pop up and they're like oh it's a mother convention and i was just like uh i see it it from the sense of like the women and the actresses and who they are absolutely but like no like nothing about any of these characters coming back in any capacity excites me whatsoever they weren't the best adaptations of those characters, y'all. But they were fun at the time. So, so it's gonna be fun. I remember fun. being I remember being consistently upset at X-Men movies. Yeah, uh, well yes. <laughs> well yes. <laughs> you know, I remember when those were coming out and I remember yeah. getting mad very often. The I remember fact- being very upset at X three as a kid when that came out. <sighs> And then, you know, they tried to bring that lady in and say she was Psylocke, and then she had the Crimson Dawn mark on her eye, and she was melting out the shadows, and she didn't even melt out of a shadow. She just popped up out of nowhere. She, popped, she literally was like... <laughs> that is wild. And that was me at, like, my peak Phoenix standing. And... <laughs> <laughs> that is what you gave me? Oh, my God. <laughs> just, like, just the horrible choices all around. Um... The Fantastic Four movies, I honestly don't remember too much about. Obviously, Jessica, but I was like a really big fan of her, so like I watched them for that, but I can't remember too much. Just the Fantastic Four, and then the second one was about the Silver Surfer, so I was like, oh yeah, you really lost me. And was great. Daredevil. Ben Affleck back as Daredevil, you know, that's going to be... I don't think he's coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're going to have the both of them on set, y'all. No, when I saw it, that's immediately what I thought. I was like, are they going to be in But I guess they get along. They got kids together, don't they? Yeah, but I think it's like, you know, (laughs) drop them off and pick them up. (laughs) I don't think they're kicking it like that. You know, I don't know. Um, We'll see. I'm interested but, to see what they wear. If they're going to put Jennifer Garner back in that electric costume, I think that'll be funny. They need to give her yeah. a little upgrade. They probably might do a little something, you know. Well, Allegedly, Wolverine's going to be in a blue and yellow costume in this. And that's another thing. I don't even care about that. I feel yeah. like that's something we always asked about for a very long time to see the X-Men in their classic costumes, Wolverine, especially in like blue or yellow or tan and brown. And now that's happening, it's just like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for like the MCU versions of them. I don't need, I don't even know if I'm ready for that. That's kind of scary too. But I just I, like I just don't care about nothing that Fox was doing. Leave me alone. Go away. <laughs> They're about to give them time. They're coming out. No, they had. <laughs> and allegedly, time. they've already finished filming uh, Deadpool three. So, well, no, they didn't. Clearly, they filmed it actually for her. <laughs> 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 but I think probably like principal production probably finished even. Again, if they finished it, they this is probably just a little, a little something. It's too much of something. Maybe she had a hookup to someone. Was like, you want to be in this movie real quick? I mean, I'm not mad at it. Jennifer Garner, get your check. You know what I'm get saying? Check for Queenie. It's she a put her life on hold for that man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was this movie, like she was supposed to be the big action girl, and then she put her life on hold for that man. So let her go ahead and pick up those side one last time. I'm not mad at it. Like, come back, do it. But again, like, I just think, just the Fox movies in general. I'm good. Like, let's let them have their last hurrah. 
put them to bed. I don't ever want to hear about these movies again. We can all move on. Anyhow. Well, all right, y'all. On that note, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week, another pool of comics. Um, are you reading the Night Terrors event for DC? You know, I wasn't thinking I was going to, but I've seen some things that I thought maybe I might want to tap into. It's kind of so. A bunch of their series came out this week. You know, I always said I was going to check back into it for Zaytana because she's getting her little two issues. But you know, it's horror stuff. I like horror, so I decided to check out a few more. Really kind of good. You know what I've been noticing about DC is they've been doing this thing the future states, the death metals, the night terrors, which honestly, the stories don't really seem, I guess, necessary. They're just kind of like fun little vignettes. But they're, if anything, a huge showcase for the artists. And yeah. the artists who have been on these books are really turning out. And if you go and look up some of the variant covers for the various series, they look amazing. They look good. Like, like everything looks really good. So I do kind of appreciate that DC is like continuing to focus on the artists and like showcase the talent that they have and like put it out there in some way and like just give them those moments. So that's really cool. So if you're into stuff like that, check out some of those Night Terrors books. Um, there was also a Blade Infinity comic that came out this week that is showcasing um, his like life and journey up to the solo that's about to launch this month. It's written by Brian Edward Hill. So Brian Hill did an interview like I want to say a week or two ago, and he was talking about Blade and some of the stuff that he's going to be doing for the run and how he like wasn't really a huge fan of the vampire sheriff stuff. And so this Infinity oh. comic is kind of leading up to why Blade is, like, leaving that thing. I personally thought that status quo was kind of fun, but <laughs> <laughs> when he talked about it, he was like, you know, he sees Blade more as, like, this, just a different type of cool. And he was like, so he felt like it was time to move him away from that and then kind of get him into this thing of what he felt like people more is one in line with the character. And don't get me wrong, it's hot. The little Infinity comic is hot. So check that out before the book comes out. Um, Doctor Strange number five came out. It has Strange and Clea going to the wedding of her mother. And of course, nothing was never going the way that you planned there. Captain America 750 also dropped this week. That hey. is the fun this is the final issue for sam and like the current cap comics that's been going around steve still has one more issue coming up that drops next month that's going to finish off his story but like this was just a little vignette of stories so sam um sam and steve together like obviously doing the captain thing there's like a flashback of sam and misty right before he picks up the shield again to become captain america and like how misty actually got the shield for him he was like this is what you need to do stop playing like you actually want to be falcon um oh, that's nice. talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, and then it talked about like some of Steve stuff and the stuff that he's going on that's going to lead into the rest of his book with Bucky and all of that. So it was a cute little finale for them. Um, and X-Men Before the Fall also came out this week. It was Sinister and Mother Righteous. If you're into Sinister and Mother Righteous, then this story is for you, and it's leading up to the fall of X for the X-Men. I personally don't see it for either, but well, Sinister King, he been there. That's a king. And, you know, it's crazy because I really used to love Sinister. Like, well, I don't know. I guess it's just the oversaturation of him. He's everywhere. And, like, I need a break for a little bit. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, those are our mentions. Let's get into a couple of our main books of the week. We're starting off with your reread, as always. We're in Annihilation, Super Scrolls, and we got issues three and four. Tell us all about Yes. 
Yes. So um, again, Super Scroll is a nasty, nasty man. <laughs> um, you know, I knew he was a pretty rough villain, um, but um, he is very rough in this. And I guess I probably would have never really known him because this is like a mini series focused on him. Um, so they really get to kind of like show more of his personality and his character in it. But uh, issue three opens up, and previously I had said that he had this interaction with the Annihilation Wave. They had this planet destroyer thing. He was like, I'm going to go find the scientists who made it. The scientists in the negative zone. He used Reed Richards to get him into the negative zone. He said, okay, I'm going to kill the scientists, and I'm also going to recruit a team of people to help me come back out and fight the Annihilation Wave. Uh, this issue opens up when there's this robot girl named Praxagora, and um, she's basically saying how her life was different before all this, and she's seeing Super Scroll come into the prison and like break him out. So this is kind of shown from her point of view, which I thought was an interesting way to kind of show you that there's like a love thing kind of fostering between them because we're seeing things through her eyes, and she just saw him as this like great warrior. Um, then later on, they're like trying to break out to the prison. They end up finding the uh, prisoner who was the guy who made this like planet destroyer weapon, torture him, like very nasty torture. They rip off his limbs. It's very, it's wild. Um, and he ends up getting the information on how to like destroy this bomb. And then he like basically Super Scroll ends up uh, forming his own team with this Praxagora girl and like a few other of the other uh, prisoners in here. Now, later on in the issue, like a bunch of different uh, of the Annihilation Wave comes in and they end up taking Super Scroll prisoner, him and the Praxagora girl. And he's, Super Scroll is telling this story about how like, oh, I used to have this son and um, I haven't seen him in a long time, but he was on this planet. I think it was called like Zarganza. It's like, oh, I've got this son that's on this planet Zarganza. And the guy is like, well, sure enough, we're actually about to blow that up. <laughs> and they blow it up. So uh, Super Skull is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like my son has just been killed. Um, and it's wild because you read these kind of comics and you kind of think, at least I did anyway, that, oh, this is giving this like, like humanizing story for Super Skull. There's probably going to be a moment where he meets his son at the end of this or something, but no, he did. So. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh well. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so then, like, um, issue four opens up, and we're seeing how, like, uh, Super Scroll is trying to break out of his chains, and um, him and his teammates are just kind of stuck there. Again, he had this, like, little scroll kid who saw Super Scroll as, like, this, like, icon to him, but then he learned how, like, mean and nasty he was, and he wanted to get away. Turns out, he ended up joining the other side, <laughs> joining the Annihilation Bug, who um, was torturing Super Scroll. He was like, yes, of course, like, I helped them do all this. Like, you are a nasty man. And all that is turned upside down because I completely forgot that Super Scrolls have hypnotic abilities. Um, they can, like, hypnotize people if you look at them. And the, he... Super Scrolls got too much going on. Well, that's every scroll. They usually that's do that when they want to take over your uh oh you know, for the mind and things all that sort of okay yes so um he ends up using that ability on the little kid and uses him to break him out of his 
like prison out of his out of his uh, cups and everything. He ends up fighting everybody with the Fantastic Four powers, um, killing his prisoner, killing a bunch of these other different um, a bunch of these other annihilation wave. Then they end up being kind of overrun. The robot girl is like, okay, like I'll be here to fight them off. You guys get out of here. Super skills, all right, bye. <laughs> he leaves and he of course ends up running into the like the little kid who was trying to also leave and get off the ship. The little kid tries to like fight him back. And again, I thought there was gonna be like a heart to heart moment where Super Scroll was gonna say, you know, I understand you thought I was a different person, but I'm actually trying to just like save our people. But he ends up like <laughs> ripping the limbs off of the little boy and tying him to the ship and was like, no, you're gonna suffer for what you did. Oh <laughs> like you helped you. It was it was wild. <laughs> I was like, this is uh crazy. Um and again the robot girl ends up like fighting everybody and she ends up being killed. And before she ends up dying, she kisses um the super scroll, but I guess she didn't end up dying because like uh she's a robot, I guess. Because they show the last issue, it's uh like five thousand years in the future, she's still alive and there's this big monument to Super Scroll on their new planet of New New Zarganza. This was traumatizing. It was a wild mini. I will say that Who wrote uh, this? <laughs> this was written by hang on child. Um, Javier Grillo Mark Mark Ox. Sorry if I mispronounced that. But yeah, that was the writer. Maybe they just let they let him they let him cut loose again. I, I guess he was you. fighting since he was fighting random scrolls and random the annihilation wave. Let him go for it, and you really see that Kalart is like ruthless. Okay, well I guess that's what you kind of expect from those type of characters too. So I guess he gets the job across. Now, rumor is they're trying to turn either Talos or another character on Secret Invasion, like, basically into Kalar. I hope that they just end up just bringing this version of him in instead of mm. trying to, like, make their own MCU version. You know. But you know how they do. I was about to say, it's the MCU, so you can never be too sure. <laughs> you know. know how they do. That's, um, okay. Was this the end of the mini altogether? Yes, this is the end of the mini. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, the next one because um, I know like the annihilation stuff is still going on, but I just meant for the super skull person. Yeah, super skull. His his portion is done. Next up, um, will be super silver surfer. Oh my gosh! How long before we get to Star Lord? What's going on? Um, is he not? This I'm looking at it right now. Do you not have a mini in this? They don't include it. He had one. That's how that's the that's how I got in Star Lord. Annihilation Star Lord? Yeah. Hmm. Well, Marvel Reading Order, y'all didn't put it in here. I'm gonna have to look it up and see where we can add him in. So it's the hate. So I can see what that. But yeah, Silver Surfer is supposed to be next. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna read that one with you. But when you <laughs> <laughs> when you get to the other one. Then yeah, I'll definitely be there for that. Um, nonetheless, getting into our well, so like, how did you feel about this overall? What would you rate it? Um, overall, like the whole mini, I would probably give like maybe a three out of five. Um, I will say that it gave me like a different view of um, like Super Scroll, 
like I knew again, I knew that he was like the general kind of character of the scrolls, you know, that kind of archetype where they're like yeah. kind of mean and ruthless. But like when he killed a little boy, I was like, dang, I thought that we were gonna at least like, you know, he was the the adorable little sidekick, but no. Trey just gets to the back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of respect it. I'm not gonna <laughs> he, knew was not, me. he was not player. <laughs> you know me. Um, okay. Well, oh, I also looked it up. So that Star Lord thing is called Annihilation Conquest Star Lord. I don't know if that makes a difference for anything, but I just. Oh, wait. Let me see. Because now I'm wondering. Annihilation Conquest Star Lord. I don't know if the conquest was like something different, but I definitely remember it was Annihilation in the title. It's not on here either. It's the haters. The I hate it. has truly like ruined his reputation, and it's so sad to me because the yeah. man you saw in those movies is not the man in the comics. But nonetheless, we'll find a way for you to put that in there and we'll get to it. <laughs> um, next up, we read is The Authority Number 10 from Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. Yes. Okay. So um, again, last issue I told you about the thing was these like flying turds that came and landed on the planets, and they basically have all these like weird aliens in them. And I swear, y'all watched on the people out there watching on YouTube. You see what I meant. Um, and in this issue, we see that um, Apollo and Midnighter are in Tokyo, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I didn't. We're here in Tokyo. We don't see anything. Like nothing's happening." Um, and a Midnighter is like, "Actually, Jimmy." There is some things going on. Look up where it looks like something's going to happen. And Apollo's like, what? I don't see anything. Which I thought was an interesting way to show how Midnighter's senses are just, like, more acute than Apollo's, um, even though he's, like, stronger. And, of course, like, I do kind of like when Midnighter kind of points <laughs> for Apollo to go and get something to handle it. And because he's like, oh, look up in the sky, and Apollo just flies off uh, and goes into like this crazy rampage against all of these big flying kind of turd looking things. And um, I thought that was really, really cool to see. But again, he ends up getting like overwhelmed by all of it um, because in the inside of these like cocoons are these also like alien things, their ship or like tail talon kind of things. They look like um, the end of Nightcrawler's tail kind of the best way I can describe how they look. They're, like, okay. kind of shaped like that, and they can, like, kind of stab people. Midnighter's down there, like, fighting them and doing those really cool moves. Um, Apollo is, like, um, we need some backup. Like, <laughs> people got to get down here. And all these people in, there's happening in Japan, um, were just being wrecked. Also, um, the city boy ends up showing up, doing his thing while okay. he's out there. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the pieces of this thing did actually land in Africa as well. I think previously in the last issue, I had said that they also landed on the moon. We'll get there. But they were in Africa, and when they took a teleport over to kind of, by they, I mean the authority, and this is Jenny Sparks, um, Hawksmoor, and I'm sorry, um, Swift is her name, and the engineer. Those three ladies go to Africa. As soon as they get there, Swift and Jenny are like choking out. They're like, oh, I can't breathe. And they're like, what's going on? It turns out that the, this creature thing that also landed in Africa is trying to terraform it into its own planet. But its planet isn't breathable for human beings. So they like have to leave. And um, for the rest of the issue, the engineer is like out there doing really cool stuff with her power. She's like, again, she's kind of like cyborg. 
um, kind of like an Android kind of character. And um, I thought that was a really cool way to give a character something to do on the team, you know, and so we may feel like they don't always have anything to do because another character could do something or like, oh, what is, what is everybody going to do if Apollo is there? But um, I think that this is really cool when you have something, you do something to give another character kind of a spotlight. Um, meanwhile, back at the base, Jenny and Swift are like kind of annoyed that they can't be out there helping <laughs> um, because they are just kind of sitting back on the ship, but they can't go out and help in Africa and everything is kind of being taken care of in Japan. And then all of a sudden, Jenny is like, oh my gosh, um, we know that this, that this is happening on the moon. Apollo sterilized the moon. And Minar is like, can you do that? He's like, I guess we're going to see. <laughs> so he goes up there to the moon and is doing all this crazy stuff with his powers and, and taking out these people. Meanwhile, the doctor is like the, magic, the magic character of the team. He's having this like psychedelic trip and talking to all his past lives. We get to see all of the different doctors. Again, they have like kind of like the avatar where there's like a cycle of them um, and the next person will become a doctor or whatever. You can commune with all of your past lives. And he's telling everyone the, about how these people used to own the planet and like they're coming back for it. And uh, you have to make sure that they like don't inherit it, like go out there and use your abilities. Um, but then the issue ends and there's like this big triangle blocking out the sun. Um, so next issue is probably more action. This is an action-packed series. This, yeah, Warren Ellis is the king of action. You know, this issue and the things that you talk about, it's really triggering because it just makes my irrational fears flare up. Like two of the scariest things I think could possibly happen in the world is like something happening on the moon and then it like breaks apart and all the pieces start falling to earth. And then the other thing is like something happening to the sun and it like being blocked out for some particular reason and we like lose all the emissions from it. And just hearing this, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. Apollo, like flying up to the moon and doing a bunch of stuff. Like you don't know what's gonna happen. Why are you up there? I gotta defend it. It was an alien. It's crazy fighting on the moon, and then when it brought, ah, I'm getting shivers. Well, I don't know. What did you think of the issue? <laughs> a great issue. I really did. I really enjoyed the way that, um, again, like it's a team and everybody is given something to do on the team. Um, the challenges are thrown in a way that yes. Apollo gets to show off with because he's got like, you know, the super strength and flight and all that kind of stuff. But everybody else isn't just standing around waiting for him to do it. Everybody's doing their part. Um, and even in places where they may not have had a part, one is created for them. Like I said, with this engineer situation where she comes to Africa and she's the only one who can survive out there um, while this like sludge is trying to terraform the world. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'll probably give this issue um, a 3.75 out of 5. Okay, 3.75. I like that. Yeah, I can yeah, that. Yeah. All right. Now, jumping back to the present with our main books of the week, another LZ exclusive, Superboy number three from Kenny Porter and John Hoy Lindsay. And um, Superboy, is this a miniseries? Did I ask that already? Maybe and yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like yeah, those, that could be interpreted wrong, but <laughs> you did ask that before, and this is a miniseries. Um, I think maybe it could 
you know, get pushed into an ongoing with enough sales. Yes, because so. this is the one that won the round robin. Vote. Yes, this yes, is this yes, is the yes, one that won the round robin vote. Okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, yes. Um, so previously, Superboy was helping out the Cosmeteers. He was on the ship with them, like doing all this really cool stuff with his powers and his psychic energy blasts. And in this issue, we see him like completely destroy this ship. Everyone's kind of in awe um, at him. And, you know, he's coming back to the team. I told you before, there was this girl, Pyra. She's got the abilities to kind of grow and shrink. Um, Trav is the technopath. And the other guy is, I think it's Toma, too. He's just like, have you ever seen in the Green Lantern people, um, Toma Ray? He's got like a little fish head. No. Okay, whatever. He's got the same, he's the same <laughs> kind of. <laughs> this creature is the same kind of alien, but he's got super speed. Um, and the team ends up like saving this world and Superboy is telling the team like, oh, you know, this is bringing back my glory days. Like it's reminding me of my back when I, I used to be on earth. And Pyro was like, oh, that's funny. Um, you say you're looking for a new direction, but all it sounds to me is that you're looking for the glory days. You just moving backwards. And he kind of still stuck. I love meta commentary. Yes. He was like, no, I'm like finding my new direction. I'm striking out like I'm doing it on my own. She was like, um, first of all, you're not on your own. Like you with a whole bunch of people around you. <laughs> um, and second you of all, a whole it sounds family. Like to... you got an S on your chest. What are you talking about? He said, it seems like you're trying to like recreate the past um, instead of actually forging a new, a new path for yourself. So I thought that was kind of great for her to kind of clock him. Um, but they say, you know, Travis coming in like, you know, I thank you for the help. Like, if you really want to show us you are out here trying to do your own thing, help us do this one final mission and um, then you can be on your way. He said, all right, cool. Like, I'll help you guys out. So for the next two weeks, they are um, like rescuing people on this planet and giving them these rings and letting everybody know like, oh, you guys are all cosmeteers now. Like, you know, being like, seems like they're all being really helpful. But like, it turns out they were not because um, Trav is like, okay, when we like fight the villains, we'll have a Green Lantern, like whoever's sector this is, we'll have a Green Lantern come and pick up the villains. Now, Superboy goes and leaves and Trav never called the people to come in. To, he, to, he never called a Green Lantern to come and pick up the villains. He just told Superboy, okay, we got another mission over here, like we're going to go. Just meet us there. Superboy's like, all right, cool. That's fine. Like, I'll meet you guys there. He ends up calling the Green Lantern on his own. He's like, can you come and pick up these villains? And did anybody else ever call you? And Green Lantern's like, no, that never, that never happened. So Superboy's like, what's going on? Um, they end up uh, having, supposedly having a heart-to-heart, but that, of course, did not go the way that it was supposed to because of this situation. It turns out, like, Travis doing some weird he might be the villain kind of thing here because he ended up killing those people, the villains who were supposed to get picked up by the Green Lantern. Like, no he really killed them. Because the Green Lantern, when he showed up, he was like, um, there are no villains here, it's just blood. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know what you thought you were. I don't know what y'all thought was supposed to be I was supposed to pick up, but there's nobody here. Um, so, and that's kind of how the issue ends. So I guess we're going to really be seeing how 
that kind of comes to a head and what Superboy has to do there. Um, there was a backup issue, a um, Green Lantern, it's called The Birth of Conspiracy. It's an Alan Scott issue. Again, it was one of the round robin finalists because um, it seems to me like for this entire Superboy run, even though he won, all of the minis that were pitched are still being produced as backups. DC um, really yeah. that backup thing. Those are like great. Yeah, I agree. I, the competition needs to start doing it too, but that's too much like right. Well, what would you rate this issue? Um, I would give this issue a a 3.7 out of 5. 3.75 out of 5. I really liked it. I'm really enjoying this Superboy run. Um, <laughs> Homegirl did clock him. That uh, <laughs> that it does kind of, while I've been enjoying it, it is something where it's like, oh, you really are just like recreating a team again and trying to do a whole Teen Titans, basically. You're not really creating a new path for yourself. So I'm interested to see where they kind of take that. Okay. Be checked on that anyway. Okay. All right. I'm excited for you to see where it goes. Yeah. All right, and moving into our final book of the week is X-Men number 24. That's from Jerry Duggan and Stefano Caselli. Um, you know what a clip show is, right? Like when TV shows, they like just do a bunch of random clips. That's kind of what I felt like this issue was. There was uh, like a, <laughs> a montage, a montage, a bunch of little random moments happening throughout the issue. It's obviously like leading up to something bigger. Uh, but nonetheless, we'll talk about it. We start off with Kid Cable has returned. And he is breaking into what seems to be an Orcus facility. He's like talking to his little like techno computer time traveling thing, trying to figure out if he made it back on time. He's talking about, you know, he doesn't want another mutant massacre to happen. She's like, correct, the Hellfire Gala will be in 24 hours. He's like, no, the events will never happen. As he breaks in, he runs into Omega Sentinel, Moira X, and Nimrod. They jump him. It doesn't turn out very well. <laughs> um, and then we like, so for the issue, we kind of like continue to cut through to various points. Uh, we go to Destiny and Rogue, who we see, uh, Destiny seems to be giving Rogue like another one of the speeches that I feel like she gave her at the beginning of the Rogue and Gamma miniseries, where she was like, you need to go find Manifold. He's very important. All of these things will happen. Somebody will betray the team. These people will die. Something like's going on. Rogue's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what any of that means. The destiny is like exactly. That's how it should be. She goes. <laughs> um, next up, she, she kind of told her like, you know, let me go tell the X Men about this. And Destiny's like, no, you can't because my visions say. Like visions just say. irritating. <laughs> just irritating. Like what are you talking about? Um, we cut next to the X-Men team. They're back on Game World. And Pog, your Pog from X of Swords has returned. And it looks like he's got, like, some lizard babies or some lizard replicas, little mini-me's of him. And the X-Men get into a big fight with him. They eventually win, of course. They're making their jokes. I'm sorry. I love the year two team. I don't know what everybody got against them. Talon's hot. Firestar is given. Magic was being useful. Forge is over on the side. He's having a bit of an existential crisis just because of all the things that are going on. Of course, we are right on the heels of the gala, so they got to start throwing those hints in about who's leaving and why they're leaving and why they don't want to do this anymore. Um, after the team wins, you know, they decide to head back. Gene and Scott finally decided, well, I'm sorry, Gene decides that they need to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And... 
Scott gets pulled into that, so they go to what seems like the astral plane, and they just kind of have a talk about everything that's been going on in the relationship from the brood stuff that's happening. Jean brings up how she helped to create Arako, and Scott has never even, like, set foot on the planet, and he starts talking about, like, why he hasn't and how he's just getting into his normal kind of pessimistic Scott type of vibes about humans and how they treat mutants and where he stands, and she's telling him, like, you know, you think like these people, and I'm not, not saying that as a compliment. She ends it off by saying she's going to quit the X-Men team at the gala. And she knows if he's going to join, he knows where to find her. She knows what to do. And then they kind of go off from there. We see Jean. She goes back to check on Lorna, who seems to be a little sad just about a lot of things that go on. You know, Magneto has died. And that seems to be taking its toll on her. It feels like they are building her up. He can't be resurrected, but he knew that. So whatever. You know, it looks like they're building her up for a level like rising moment. So I thought that was cute. And then um, at the end of the issue, we go to magic. She goes to pick up Sunfire and she teleports him to Otherworld. She makes some like really weird claims that like she don't know what she's talking about. She's like, oh, you know, time works differently here. But no, it doesn't. Or maybe I don't know who knows the rules. Like, girl, stop talking if you don't know what you're talking about, because that's not true. Um, <laughs> Well, and I also don't, I'm not going to get into that because I already got into an argument with somebody about her teleporting in the other world and I don't want to do it again. Um, but <laughs> she drops him off. She's like, you know, go give her a route. Let me know when you're ready. Next thing you know, we don't ever see her again. I'm assuming, of course, obviously, because something might happen at the gala that prevents her from coming back to pick him up. But Sunfire also seems to be like lost out in other world. We see like X months later, he has a little mini red root with him. He's got his flame. He's walking in the dark in the snow. And it says we're going to continue his story on X-Men Unlimited, which also I think is a really great thing that Marvel Comics have done. The Infinity Comics, clear. Um, but all in all, that was the end of the issue. Next, we're going to be riding up to the gala and we're finally going to see what goes down and this event that uh, Cable is trying to prevent and just like all the events that we've been getting to leading up to that, I'm personally very excited. The Hellfire Gala is one of my favorite times of the year. I'm also excited to see who won the vote, although I'm pretty sure I already know. It was one or two. Yeah. But it was really only one. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be serious here. <laughs> but this issue as a whole, I'm not going to lie to you, it wasn't really my favorite. Um, I understand the reasoning for kind of like setting up all the future plots that we have going. I think it could have been a little bit more seamless in terms of the writing. The Scott and Jean conversation, I think, kind of showed the worst of their characters. Like, you know, like no matter who you agree with on the side of like what they're thinking about, I think that Scott obviously is a character who can lean too heavy into the pessimism. And I think Gene is one who can lean too have too heavily into the like optimistic Absolutely. everything is love. Like she literally says to Scott, like, love will save us. You, know, <laughs> you need to be serious. But I, have to laugh. <laughs> I think that it's also kind of like a testament to Gene and the character itself. I think one of the things that like people forget is that Gene was dead for a very long time, like 10, 11 years in comic, you know, in real world time. And so during the time she was dead, we saw like kind of the worst of mutant history. Fox had the rights, the MCU was popping, they wanted to push the Inhumans, so they started doing a lot of like really terrible stuff to the mutants. We had the Inhuman gas cloud, they got moved to Limbo, you know, just like on and on and on. And Gene's character wasn't there for a lot of that. And I feel like I would be able to buy some of this characterization that she has a little bit more if they kind of emphasize that. Like, yeah, of course you still think like 
love will save us and we can do this the right way. You missed out on everything that was really going on when it got super bad for us. And so it's like Orlean and Scotton was like, you know, again, this is why I do feel this way. And like, how you don't understand, but it's building the divide in the relationship. It's this drama and the soap that we're used to for Gene and Scott. It does look like they're both leaving the team. So I'm interested to see how they get resolved, how they get it resolved. And like where they both go, because we do know Gene has a mini series coming out for Fall of X. But you think they might get a mini series of Mr. Mrs. X? Yeah, they do not deserve that name. I'm just wondering if they, I don't know if they'll ever really break them up, but that sounds like something they would give them. I don't see them breaking up. And honestly, I don't think, you know, I, and I say this as a person who's like very much a fan of Scott and Emma. It's Gina Scott forever. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of is what it is. Yeah. Like, they are the couple. They're an iconic couple. They have been there since the beginning of the X-Men. They do all of these things. I think when I think when you th- look at, like, um, Scott and Emma, they were hot. You know what I'm saying? He was, like, really going into the rebellious, kind of, like, revolutionary. She was the bad girl who was egging him on and, like, yes, I'm down here by your side. I think Gina Scott grounds both of them like when he gets too bad she's like come on now loves the answer when she gets too up on her on her high horse he's like you need to chill out and remember what it is and so like i think they balance each other out in a very good way and also when she's not with him she only goes to logan and i don't want that yeah i don't know i think i think like you said it's some fun soap and stuff but um It'll be interesting to see how they kind of like stick the landing with this. Again, this issue to me felt like a lot of what after I would say after that year one team felt like where it was just set up for a lot of Krakoa and like the other books that actually staying and doing a lot with the team and their dynamics. Agreed. I agree with that fully. But again, we already know Gene's leaving. We get the feeling Forge is leaving. We already know magic is somewhere else. Iceman is somewhere else. Scott, we don't know what he's doing. So we'll still see if like he leaves the team with Gene or not. But Sync, Talon, and Firestar are there, and it looks like they're being kind of set up to be the next Trinity for year three. And I'm excited to see them carry. We will see. We will see. I wonder if Lorna's going to come back to the X-Men. That would be cute. Like, it feels like it. That would be really cute. I, you know, from what, so like we know St. Town and Firestar, we already know that Kate is coming in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> so we have a few more slots. Again, I'm really excited to get that like next team shot that they do at the gala, see year three, see where we go. They're good. I feel like Sync and Talon especially are kind of like being built up to obviously be the next leads of the team. And just in terms of the story that they've been going through from the vault, fighting for centuries, being separated, getting back together, leading mutants through their darkest, and leading the X-Men specifically through what looks to be one of their darkest periods in history. And then Firestar like really coming in and like earning her spot as an X-Men and a mutant and like fighting for her people and like everything. I don't know, it's hot. I like it. I do think some of the writing in this issue was a little ham-fisted of course, but Yes. I do appreciate what it's set up, and I'm excited for the future. I will say that. I all in all, is doing that, that speech. Oh, he's so irritating. I'm so glad we're going to be gone. First two. Uh, 
We can talk about love is love. Yes. And they, he's giving all them descriptions. They, I was like, oh my God. This that's why they belong together. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, what about you? Did you like Lorna's moment? Were you into it? I did. Um, I appreciated it that um, it happened finally, where she, we see her kind of, you know, have yeah. some kind of reaction to her father uh, passing. And I do think it is because he's unable to be resurrected. You know, um, they still are in a thing where resurrection is possible. So she learned that he was not able to be resurrected. I'm sure she thought, you know, oh, I can go into this mission with Captain Marvel and go rescue Rogue. And by the time I come back, he'll be resurrected and I can go be an acolyte again. So it's like, I'm not on the X-Men. And, you know, you see her kind of reiterate, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in like my room on the X-Men right now crying. I know I'm not supposed to be on the team. And Jean says like, no, once next and all makes an X-Men. Um, so I'm wondering if we kind of see her and have a get up moment and be like, oh, I'm in on the X-Men and I'm on a team. That would be Hopefully cute. Not in that damn mini, mini, mini dress. Cause I was just is. about to say she's going to bring the skirt back and it's going to be on. I'm <laughs> it. It's hot. I don't know what you yeah, want. It's hot. Yeah. It's so hot. Um, what would you rate this issue overall? Um, I would give it a three out of five. Yeah, I agree. That feels yeah. nice. We'll see. The gala is coming. I'm very excited for that. Yes, if you. I hope, it's, uh, I hope it's fine. Nimrod will be there. My boy. Nimrod, my only hope is that they like announce the vote winner, they do like their team shot, and then Nimrod comes in and ruins everything. Like, don't mess anything up before that. Let me have a little bit of fun, then come kill whoever you need to kill. Mm-hmm. Do you think Talon or Ring getting chopped at the gala? The queen? No. Is, that how, is that how we get rid of one of them? But letting Nimrod do it? Oh, maybe Wolverine, because she's a clone. But Talon's the OG. And Nimrod don't know. Okay. And they decided on which one of them would get resurrection. Oh, I guess maybe something happened with resurrection too. But if they decide to figure out a way to fix that, when they decided who was going to get the resurrection, Talon won. Wolverine was like, you can keep it because I don't plan on dying, quote unquote. Perfect foreshadowing to show that she dies. Well, they might be. It might have been foreshadowing that she does. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come on back. I was just um, thinking about Firestar winning the vote again. And <laughs> wow, what a moment in history. It is. You well, know, shout out to the winners. Shout out <laughs> to the winners. Shout out to the winners. <laughs> Maybe depending on who your three wins. We'll see. There was a couple we'll of people on that list. You know, Marvel was saying that like there were three characters who were like all kind of jumping back and forth between the top spots. So. If it was Dazzler, we'll cheer. If it wasn't, well, welcome back, everyone, to another <laughs> week. Um, this week, we watched the third episode of Secret Invasion. And I'm going to kind of, like, get into the series just, like, broadly. Um, I've been seeing a lot of, like, 
chatter about it in terms of like the pacing and things like that of that nature. I'm here to say this very proudly, very honestly. I'm having a great time. Well, and like, <laughs> if you're not, I'm sorry, and I hate that for you, but I am having an amazing time. I love the pacing of it. I love the slow burn and the like intensity of everybody's scenes together. I love every time Nick Fury is on screen with somebody, they are dragging him for filth and telling him that he is a useless, impatient old man. And he needs to get it together because he is getting people killed and he did not do half the things that he thought he did. And I love that. And I love how he's just trying to like still kind of combat with that. Um, I love Gravik. Mm. Gravik is like what a villain. Wow. I just I, he is like really killing his scenes. I just think the way they talk about everything that's going on is really good. Um I love the show. I don't know what's I don't know. I don't know. I love it. I mean, it's all right. I will admit that I'm a little bored. Um again, I think it's just because I don't know if this fits as a TV series to me. I think I would have preferred this to have been a, um, like a special feature, kind of like they did with the, uh, what's that girl you like? The Bloodstone people? Oh, Werewolf by Night? Yes, Werewolf by Night. I think that they, if they did something like that with this, I think I would have liked it more because of the whole like espionage route that they went. Because they went more that than like superhero infiltrating the Avengers and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that may have been a little bit more exciting as a TV series, but I think this probably would have just fit better as a special presentation. I don't know. You know, I I, I will admit, and I said it last episode, I do still think I'm waiting for, like, a bigger-named character to be revealed as a scroll. But I kind of like the fact that it's not necessarily the superheroes who are always just destroying stuff, but the people who have been replaced are the people in power. I think that makes the threat a little bit more menacing, and it gives it a little they bit... Took All the people. They like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they've gotten some really important people here, and, like, honestly, even in the scene where Graphic and Talos were in the cafe, and they were, like, talking, and he kept bringing up Gaia, and then Talos goes to grab him, and then, like, everybody reveals themselves to be a scroll. Like, I think things like that are, like, really, really cool, and I think it has a much larger effect than, like, randomly seeing Steve Rogers be which would like be shocking yes of course and it would like gag me but at the same time steve rogers has still been fighting for us this entire time Mm -hmm. so it's like as opposed to these nation leaders who are kind of like terrorizing everything so i thought that was like really cool to see um and then even like talos i thought this episode how you were saying earlier that they kind of might be like merging some of those super scroll features into him. I could see it based on this one. I thought he also came off very menacing. He had his moments where he was actually pretty scary when he um, was trying to get the guy to give him the codes so they could stop that launch. It was like, oh, okay. And Fury was like, you need to be real and like act serious. And then he shot him and was like, okay, I'm serious. Like, this is how you do that. You know what I'm saying? So I really enjoy a lot of the dynamics that are at play here and how it's going. And it, yes, it's a little bit quieter on a lot of fronts, but I think it works. We'll see as it keeps going. Um, let me read the synopsis and then we'll kind of dive a little bit more into the episode. So Gravik reveals to the Scroll Council that he intends to create super scrolls with special abilities using the powered DNA. He also explains that he has sent rebels to infiltrate the Royal Navy in order to launch missiles at a United Nations aircraft. Gravik meets with Talos to negotiate a parlay, but the discussion breaks down when the former threatens to kill Gaia. 
Gaia secretly sends Talos information about the Royal Navy attack. Fury, angry that Talos allows so many scrolls to infiltrate Earth, reluctantly asks Talos to help him stop Gravik. They contact Fallsworth and learn the name of the Naval Command Headquarters officer in charge, Commander Robert Fairbanks. Fury and Talos break into Fairbanks' home and interrogate him, learning that he is a scroll. He provokes Talos into killing him. Talos contacts Gaia, who acquires Fairbanks' authorization code so they can abort the missile launch in time. Gaia attempts to run away, but Gravik, who suspects her of betrayal, shoots her and leaves her for dead. Meanwhile, Priscilla secretly contacts an unknown person wishing to speak to Gravik, but is denied. Priscilla also carried. She was another one who was. That's a queen. Through. I gotta give it up like, for her. <laughs> she, she was doing the damn thing there. Um, when she was like getting fury on how he left and how he didn't come back, I was like, ooh, get him again. Um, Gaia. One thing I will say about this show is they love Fridge and a woman. They do. <laughs> they do. Hopefully. It's a cop out of some sort. And like, and she didn't really like die. Or like still make herself transform or something like that. I don't know, like something. But maybe it's not Gaia. Maybe that was just a different scroll. But I but still, it's just the thought of it. I've got my eye on you, Secret Invasion writers. I'm watching you very closely. But outside of that, I'm also kind of liking Gaia, and I'm liking how she is like still trying to play both sides and like get in and out. I think I would like. I don't know. Gravik knew what she was doing anyway, so it didn't really matter. He knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's the king again. Um, I but I've like enjoyed her stuff. And how's he a speak. king? But you don't want her to get killed. <laughs> <laughs> Is it what you call your one mic? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying I can have conflicting emotions about the various characters on the series. All right, I'm just saying. Uh, but I really do like her character and what she's doing. I hope she isn't truly dead because I would like to see a little bit more of her in the show. And I would like to see Gaia do some other stuff. I know I've already seen some theories for people online talking about Gaia and how they think she's going to come back and kind of rebrand as Abigail Brand. And I don't know if I like that, but that also sounds like a very MCU thing to do. It does. Um, and... What if they, they've obviously showed this machine that, like, you know, the scrolls can go into and, like, they end up getting these abilities. Clearly, she probably is going to be, you know, pumped full of yeah. DNA. Who knows what power she ends up getting, so. Yeah, maybe, she be, maybe, maybe she becomes Super Scroll. I mean, I could see that happening as well. Like, like yeah. Taskmaster. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even think about that for a while. You're probably right. Yeah, like and, all these possibilities <laughs> are possible. That's a wound. I don't know if that'll ever really heal. It hasn't healed yet. <laughs> they have not really come back from that one for me. Um, I did find it interesting that the voice that I heard when Priscilla was talking on the phone at the end of the show was Rhodey. Oh, I mean, you know, I'm going to scroll watch Rhodey. That's what I heard. I heard Rhodey's voice. And I was like, oh, Rhodey is scroll. I might have to go back and listen, but I mean, I believe it. I definitely believe Rhodey's a scroll. I mean, if he's not, he's something. You know, you were talking... <laughs> yeah. Very <laughs> <laughs> <Marry> that. <laughs> um, and you were just talking about how you wanted to see, like, some, like, bigger 
you know, named characters do it. So, like, I would be, and he's fairly big enough, you know, and who I knows how, how long he had been infiltrated. And again, he has like a really high ranking position. He's someone who works with the president. I think I saw something that said we wouldn't see Don Cheadle suiting up as War Machine in this as well. So, like, that could also be a thing. Um, okay. I think. Brody also being the <laughs> what if they use that as the way to like <laughs> talk about Terrence Howard? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> like, that would be bad. Like you didn't see that's how you changing change. over these years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, like again, I think that like that is something that also makes sense because it is Brody who's tied to Iron Man, and everybody knows Iron Man is like the gem of the MCU. So like, imagine that being discovered like oh tony's dead best friend's a scroll roadie's real roadie's got to come back maybe find out that tony's dead because he don't know i don't know when he got got swapped out yeah i mean again he number one on my list did they kill the originals they say that i can't remember of the people they replaced yeah I didn't think they were killing that's why they but that's what I was also thinking about because they obviously have the people um who they have kidnapped down there in that little cell. Like chopping their memories and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's like do you have somewhere else? Would you keep other people? Because if you have gotten as many people as it looks like you have I'm saying. It's, it's like something who has to get off, I think. <laughs> like, like somebody's lying. Um but and again, Everybody that's what Tyler it. said. He was like, Everybody is here on earth. So what's going on? I'm excited. I think it's really cool. I'm really hoping to see more of Olivia Coleman's character again next issue. Um, I can, what next issue is for? That's the MCU formula where the show kind of like takes a little uptick, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's usually the fifth one. Um, I mean, I've been enjoying them all. It was, this will start to do the uptick, and then the fifth one is when it's like the, Ooh, stuff. The, pen, the penultimate episode is actually like, oh, things are happening. Okay, well, we'll see. Budget. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, although the budget hasn't been bad. I, I, the scrolls that we've seen, I think they look pretty good. The submarine scene looked very cheap. When yeah. they were, the, the missiles uh, scene, they, they, when they were in their own, like, you know, little place where they were trying to, like, <laughs> track the missiles and everything, that set looked a little cheap. Yeah, it looked like the MCU. <laughs> that's why I'm ready for it to bring on the budget. Maybe we don't need to have everything be a show. Keep the same budget, just put it all towards a a feature. Not a feature movie, a like a special presentation. Let's say that the movies don't be that much better. No, I'm a, a special presentation. A nice hour long. Hour Although 15. they said they fired that lady who was in charge of the uh, visual effects, so we might see an uptick in that. Maybe they let her go. Yes, yes. Um, we'll see. Hopefully it's getting better. Okay. I really, really want Secret Wars to be dope, but it's one of my favorite like uh, comic events. But I don't know. Not, we'll um, what's that other movie like? Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an old game, <laughs> but it's Operation so Galactic Storm. Yes. That's the one. That's the one. That is the one. <laughs> that is the one. Um, all right, y'all. But then that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure you guys rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcast. We can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. We're also on Threads to start that. Um, you can email us at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. 
You can watch us on YouTube at Another Real Life TV. You can find me on most social media platforms at Uncanny LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? Hold on, I'm just sorry. Did you say Threads? Yeah. I don't know. We on there. Well, you old, so. (laughs) (laughs) But you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. (laughs) There's an underscore at the end. My IG has not switched over to Threads. I can't. I don't know. You'll get that soon. <laughs> Give it time. We'll all switch over at some point. <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, let's go ahead and get up out of here. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace.